The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father button, the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I am Will Anderson and uh, my guest Charlie Clawson is Justin Hamilton. Uh, How are you, Hamo? Oh, look, I'd just be happy if I could breathe at the moment. <laughs> it's, uh, it's difficult. <laughs> I mean, this one, this one started with a run-up. Yes. We were both laughing as I pushed the button. It so was great. That's a good start. Let's hope that it continues at that level. We just hung out with Glenn Robbins. Oh. I think I'm a bit giddy still. Yeah. I love it. Glenn um, Robbins is just, uh, he's, he's a true gentleman. For people who are listening to this podcast overseas, firstly, thank you for listening from overseas. Thank Lots you. of you do. Yep. In fact, more of you now listen from overseas than listen in Australia. So, oh, what I'm really? saying to Australia is, learn how to use computers. Yeah, that's the, that's the national broadband problem we're having. That's, <laughs> that's it kicking in right there, holding back Ando. That's right. This fucking new scheme where yep. not, not everybody's going to be able to download shit as quickly. It's bad for the podcast industry. Yeah, we already make nothing. Fucking Tony Abbott trying to stop the pods. <laughs> stop the pods. Us. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He doesn't even call them pods. <laughs> That's the thing that makes me angriest. Uh, yeah, so um, we uh, recorded a little radio show for the ABC this afternoon with two legends of Australian comedy, one called Dave O'Neill. And uh, Dave O'Neill is a legend in his own right, but we get to work with Dave O'Neill quite regularly. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Robbins, on the other hand, is someone that we grew up watching on television. Yeah. Uh, and also is still a star now, like has been a star and a beloved Australian like comic actor yeah. and stand-up comedian, but mostly comic actor. For all that time and just hanging out with him in the same room. Yeah. Like, I always just have these flashbacks where, like, he, he's like listening to one of your stories and suddenly I can't remember what I'm talking about because I'm just suddenly 14 years old just going, it's fucking Glenn Robbins. Yeah. Ask for his autograph. Yeah. Ask for his autograph in case you're dreaming. Put it in your pocket. Yeah. It's really hard for me to say, not say things like, uh, so, Uncle Arthur. <laughs> Tell me everything. Tell me everything. <laughs> Tell me everything about well, Uncle Arthur. So, Uncle Arthur, what do you remember about Uncle Arthur? Because he, Uncle Arthur was his iconic character when we were kids. Yes, he was. Uh, he was the. I'm going to Google Uncle Arthur while you talk and yes. see what we can find. Well, he was the doddering uh, uh, older man in the family, yep. that, and that's uh, he'd, he'd probably be an uncle. He could also possibly be a grandfather. And he's he's delightful, but and he's he was, quite. He was an iconic enough character. I need to point this out. Uh, to have his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. That's iconic. But he was mental as well, but jolly. Right. He always had uh, always had ideas on how to fix things that never quite worked, but he, but he still was optimistic. All right. Here we go. Let's have a look. Uh, Uncle Arthur, a character played. Here we go. Glenn Maxwell Robbins. Maxwell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I never knew his middle name was Maxwell. No, neither How? did I. Oh, I wish we'd known that earlier. Glenn Maxwell Robbins. Maxwell. Oh, my God. That I is... feel like I could just be like, uh, what are the lawyers defending in you in this case, Ando? Oh, I'm with uh, Glenn Maxwell Robbins. <laughs> Yes. Oh, great! They do my accounts. Yeah, <laughs> they're fantastic. They're either a great, uh, they're either a great lawyer group, or they're uh, he's a he's Australia's James Bond. All oh, right, Glenn Maxwell Robbins. Yeah. Robbins. Glenn Maxwell Robbins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the top three in our batting order. Uh, sending Glenn and Maxwell, and then Robbins comes First in at drop. three. Yeah. <laughs> First drop, Robbins. <laughs> Glenn Maxwell Robbins. <laughs> Imagine if our, our our opening batsmen were iconic characters played by Glenn Robbins. Imagine if it oh, was... he could be though. This is yeah. the sort of guy he is. If you needed someone to play an iconic Australian cricketer, yes. fucking Glenn Robbins. Oh, we should make a cricket movie starring Glenn Robbins. Who would Glenn Robbins be the perfect? Here's where we get fucking niche. Well, right so, now when this podcast has reached that momentous, uh, it's listened to in more countries. 
uh, overseas than it is uh, in Australia. Yeah. Let's now talk about cricket. Yes, and lose and, all and, of them. And an Australian actor that they don't know. Can you please stay? <laughs> we will We will make this work. It'll get to something else. We can it'll, change it'll it. It'll turn into Batman later. We can. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> he could have played an, an Aussie Batman. Oh, my God. Because he could play an Aussie Bruce Wayne as well. Right. He could be the Batsman. He could be the Batsman. Cricketer by day, solving crime <laughs> by night. Why not? <laughs> 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 His helmet is a is a is a batsman helmet with wings uh, with ears. He's <laughs> got purple gloves. Just the, he gets in close when he's fielding, and he just. I fucked your mother last night. <laughs> oh my god, he sledges. <laughs> uh, batsman, <laughs> no Bruce, you're using the batsman voice. Where is she? Where is your daughter? I fucked her last night. Oh, my God. So aggressive. <laughs> God. He would be an aggressive the Batman. Yeah. I love the idea of a guy who's... Because uh, that's the perfect cover. Yes. Because you're travelling around the world. Yep. Perfect to go out, you know, help people in different countries. Well, not in America because they don't play it there. Well, fuck them. They've got all their own superheroes. They've got Batman. They've got Captain America. Yeah. They've got Spider-Man. Even when They've people... They've got Daredevil. Even when gods fall from the sky. Oh, they where fall do they in land? America. Fuck that. I mean, that's not even that likely, is it? Why couldn't... Why, like... why couldn't have Thor, have, like, landed in the outback? That's where yes. he's from. Yes. Right? Well, no. He's from Asgard. <laughs> but uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, in our world, yes, uh, it's called Asgard. You yeah. call it the outback of Australia. Yeah, yeah, whatever yes. you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Science, magic, outback, Asgard. Let's call the whole thing off. I would. Li- <laughs> <laughs> that was the most popular song at uh, Asgardian weddings for years. Oh, for years. Oh, for years. <laughs> <laughs> Until uh, uh, anyway, I was gonna go. Have I ever seen your eye again? No way. Get fucked. You're Odin. <laughs> but it didn't even really make sense. Ah. I just I just made some words fit in. I felt like that was a good enough attempt. <laughs> was, I thought you had a crack. And to I, be honest, I, I I feel like you know it's it's a good moment. I went in with a bit of doubt too. There was a, there was a, there was a stumble at the start, and then I just went, "Well, fuck it. Right. You're here. You lost your faith. I lost my faith. Like we could make this into a gritty reboot." <laughs> <laughs> Am I losing his faith? Just the journey, just the journey of that joke. Yeah, just the journey oh of God, that these joke. These guys are so desperate for something to talk about on the podcast now. They're doing gritty reboots of their own conversations. <laughs> oh my God! It's gonna go. So who would play you in that joke? Do you think? <laughs> well, I was hoping I'd get a Guernsey. Right. Ah. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, maybe we could. Justin get Hamilton else. as Justin Hamilton, no. like being being John Malkovich, being Justin Hamilton. I was. Uh, no one needs being that. Being Glenn Maxwell Robbins. It's. Uh, oh. oh. That would and be that a good would idea. Be great. And that would in, be great. in the head, all those little faces. They're all the different Glenn characters. Roberts characters. It'd be like a cross between being John Malkovich and when the doctor went in in his own time stream. Oh my it God. would be fucking amazing. Oh my God. We've got to make this. This would be a fan. Being Glenn Maxwell Robbins. Yes. And his head is populated by Glenn Robbins characters. characters. Yeah. Cal he, from Cass and Kim. Just, just the dude that sits on the panel. <laughs> All these famous characters Glenn Robbins from the panel There's just one of them who sits on the end Doesn't say that much But when he says something It's fucking funny It's great You hardly notice him in the head See, he's so many iconic characters He's so good The stand-up comedian one The, the dad from Upper Middle Bogan Yep, uh, the guy from Lantana I Oh my god, the <laughs> There's a serious one <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're fucking up his head. Oh, well, actually, let's learn more about Glenn Robbins. I was going to learn about Uncle Arthur, but fuck it. We just did a uh, radio, uh, a radio broadcast. Yep. Radio, that's like podcasting in the olden days, people. And we just did a radio <laughs> broadcast uh, with an Australian comedy legend. So let's learn a little bit more about him. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, and then you know what? When this episode comes out on the Facebook page, I'll find some stuff off like YouTube and stuff, yeah. so people can have a little look at you know at Glenn's stuff because yeah. you should know about Glenn Robbins. He's awesome. I, I while uh, while you're looking that up, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, this great Glenn Robbins story for me. Yeah. Where we went and did a gig together in July. Oh, you know what the you know what the movie would be called? What? Batsman and Robbins. <laughs> Thank you very much. Podcasting is done. <laughs> put, put down your computers. Turn off your iPhones. Walk out in the street like you're in Everybody Hurts. Yes. Oh, Podcasting yeah. is over. Wow. Batsman and Robbins. Robbins. 
So he he plays both. both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's versatile. He is versatile. He could do because Uncle Arthur's very oh, different man. to Kel. But we were in Geelong. Okay. And uh, we got down there and I was going to be hosting and he was going to be headlining. Seriously, I feel like I need to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've never come up with... Uh, Something more appropriate. Right. I mean, we should stop this episode and just put it out and call it Batman and Robbins. All right. <laughs> no, let's. Oh, right. no, I was willing to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought that would have been. Yeah, that would have been Just audacious. That <laughs> would have been really audacious. It might get better. We're only nine minutes in. <laughs> Are we only nine minutes in? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so many ideas. <laughs> we're, we're like we're like at the end of two thousand and one when they look into the monolith and he says, "So full, it's full of stars." Well, we're just chock full of ideas. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm still thinking about the gritty reboot of my stumble on that joke. <laughs> um, I think that could go somewhere. Well, we can, but, okay. But anyway, so so Glenn and I go down and uh, anyway to Geelong to Geelong to do this gig. Yeah. Geelong's about an hour out of Melbourne for people yeah. who don't know it. And uh, when we get down there. Uh, uh, getting ready for the the, the show, and, and the the guy who runs it comes up to me and says, "Oh, uh, so we've swapped the lineup around." I go, oh, "Okay, no worries." And he said, "Yeah, uh, Glenn's going to host, and you're going to headline." Okay. And, and I said, "Oh, why's uh, oh why's that?" And Glenn had said that he'd seen me perform recently and said, "Ah, oh, Hamo's in top form. I, I think it, I think it'd be a better show if I host." And it's like, what what headliner does that? Like that's so nice. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, I struggled because everyone I mean, was you... there to see Glenn Robbins, right. but <laughs> they'd already had heaps of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, who the fuck is this idiot? I bet he didn't swap the fees. Am I right, Robbins, if you're listening? Maxwell. <laughs> I don't think he... Yeah, oh, he does listen. Uh, okay, so... Um, oh, yeah, he did tell me that he listens to... Yep. Uh, no, I don't think he listens to to Tofop, to Fofop. Right. I think he listens to my other podcast, Philosophy, because he's into that sort of stuff. And I asked him today if he would be on a guest on oh, it as well. He'd be so, so good. Uh, so hopefully I will get to do that at some stage. So yeah. um, the thing that I like about that story is, you know what the ultimate like final act would have been? Glenn Robbins... <laughs> Playing you doing your material. Oh my god! Right, that's what the crowd really wanted to see. Yeah, right? that's what I wanted to see. <laughs> you know what the worst thing about it is? Is that I would have had to give him my glasses to make the look complete, but yeah. then I wouldn't have been able to see it properly. Oh, the irony! <laughs> it would just be this a new a new Glenn Robbins, a blurry Glenn Robbins. Okay, so let's learn a little bit about Glenn Robbins. Uh, he's an Australian comedian, writer, and actor. He was born in uh, on the thirtieth of December. Oh, that's got to annoy you when you, you're growing yeah. up, hasn't it? That's where his sense that's of humour in- comes from. Yeah, right? Yeah. You see, when your birthday is in between Christmas and New, and New Year's, that is a fuck time to yeah. have your birthday. That's-, that's essentially everybody's birthday. Yeah. It's all of our birthdays between yeah. Christmas and New Year's. If Which- your birthday falls in that, you should be able to nominate another day, any other day of that next year. Yeah. If you're born in that zone, nominate your own fucking birthday and we'll celebrate it then. Yeah. But you know what? 25 December to January 2, we're all having a fucking birthday. Yeah. That is a birthday week for us all. I reckon the 28th would have been the worst one of them all as well. Why? Just because it's right bang smack in the middle and, you know, it's like people have started to get a bit of energy back but they're saving it for New Year's Eve and, you know, the, the buzz of Christmas has worn off and it just would have... I reckon the 28th would have been the worst. Do you number. know what? That is the biggest crime day uh, in all of Australia. Did you know that? 28th no. of December. Right. Do you know why that is? Uh, people going on holidays and their places are chock full of stuff? No. The reason is uh, that the Batsman... Uh, has to be playing in the Boxing Day Test match. Right, yes. <laughs> and so oh, my God. He's distracted for all that time. Oh, my and Lord. And he cannot... That's I a, that's may what... have made up that fact that that's the biggest crime day of all time just to do that joke. That's fair enough, so though. fact. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, kids. Uh, the, 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 imagine your, your crime spree is literally predicated on the flip of a coin. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'd go up against Two-Face. Right. With the flipping of the coin. Oh. And that what he does, sometimes he flips the coin to make sure that he's batting. Toss, okay, we need to point out, because people are like... Americans, come back to yeah, us. What are you, so, at the start of a cricket match, which goes for five days... Yes. Uh, we have a very famous one in Melbourne at the MCG, the biggest sporting arena in Australia, one of the biggest in the world. Uh, they can get up to 100,000 people there on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, for the yep. first day of the Boxing Day Test match. It's a tradition. It's a tradition. And it's a fantastic <laughs> one. I've been like about 10 or 12 times in my life I fucking love it it's yeah, brilliant that's your tradition it's my tradition <laughs> <laughs> it's all about tradition people <laughs> one of my favourite Bobby Brown songs uh, so 
What's your other favourite? Uh, the one where he steps back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you confusing him with MC Scat Cat? Oh, Scat Cat. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that is awkward. <laughs> Racist. Whoa. Whoa. All the cartoon s- character rappers look exactly the same to me. I'm saying the beats were similar. <laughs> <laughs> So, Boxing Day test match, um, yeah, so it goes for five days, and yes. it, it, they decide who will bat first and who will bowl first. Uh, each of the teams normally bat once, uh, bat twice and bowl twice in, yep. in five days. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but that's uh, Roughly. one of the vagaries of the game. Yeah. Sometimes you can play for five, ga- five days and there's no result. That's yes. why they call it a test match. No result. <laughs> anyway, it's a great game. <laughs> test of your patience. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, um, uh, so they toss the coin to decide who bats and bowls. Yeah. Yeah. And so I imagine the batsman is more of a batsman. Yeah. You know, like, so on batting days, like, you know, you, you know, they're your, they're your days where you want to, like, particularly if he's like 160 not out at the end of yeah. play on day two, he's just going to get in an ice bath that night. Yeah. He can't be going out and fighting Chrome. Yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine how he's got to send out Robins by himself. Yeah, imagine, imagine how good this. Oh my God! Imagine how exciting it would be where he's coming up to the Australian record, but the crime spree is just out of control, and he has to make a a choice. Oh, he has to make a choice about he has to re- retire or or go and or stay in, stay go in for the record, go for the record, and the crime spree is out of control. Wow! And Australians are like. Voting in on text, just saying, ah, oh, you've got to stay in. Ah, that person got killed, like, in the middle of their text, you know. I don't think that people know that he's the batsman. Oh, don't they? No. Oh, does he play as Bruce Wayne? <laughs> so, he's Bruce Wayne the batsman. I mean, I think that, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I've been I picturing guess. he's playing all no. the time. Well, I mean, we, you can't, people can't know his identity. No, that's a good point. Right. Maybe you can... Uh, make, oh. so who this was, was his cover story. Right. That, that he was also a cricketer. He's also it's a like batsman. It's like finding out that, like, uh, you know, that Booney was Batman or whatever. Right. Like, you know, it's a cover story. That'd be story. a hell of a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Short stout. <laughs> that's not a utility belt. That's a garter belt. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's find out something else about Glenn Robbins. Uh, Robbins attended Strathmore Secondary College. And graduated in 1975. That's the year after I was born. Uh, he Three studied, years after me. He studied drama and media at the Melbourne State College and first moved into performing in 1981. Wow. Okay, so that's perfect timing. Like, you know, for essentially for us to be kids, for him to be formative. Yeah. You know, in our lives. He's born basically the exact right time. You yeah. Know, that we've seen nearly all of his career. Yeah. Okay. Robbins began his acting career in 1984. Appearing in two episodes of Prisoner. Well. He told us about this today. This actually came up in the conversation we had today. So funny. Yeah. And uh, he just had uh, bridge work. Yeah. And so when he tried to talk, he had a lisp. He had a lisp. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently you can find that on YouTube, he said. Oh, yeah. You should try to post that one as well. (laughs) (laughs) A young Glenn Robbins already doing hilarious character work. That's one of the characters in uh, in the head for... Bing. Oh, all right, Lispy. Yeah, okay. Oh, this is what we should do. Yeah. Okay, we'll find who we're going to put in the head. That's yeah. How, that's how we'll go through this. Yeah. We're adding characters to Glenn Robbins' head. All right. I, 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 my, the first one I suggest that we put up is the young guy getting into acting and, and you know, learning. Oh, okay. Like young. Young yeah. Glenn Robbins. Young yeah, Glenn. Good. All right, young Glenn. That's He's our there. spin-off series. Young Glenn. <laughs> the gritty reboot. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, okay, so we've got Young Glenn, we've got Prisoner Glenn. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you say <laughs> Young Glenn the Gritty Reboot? Could you imagine, like, you see all the realistic versions of those characters as he, that treat him mean as a kid, and oh then the way he... Uh, the, how they become, like Smallville style, yeah. how they all become yeah, people ca- later on in his life, the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the, and that's how he deals you with how bad... the Uncle, Uncle Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, and he's horrific, but Glenn... Through dealing with through it, turns it, into, turns it into a positive. Okay. Imagine, man, imagine like a Kel who's like dealing Kel, Kel the butcher. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's but just you know, instead of slinging sausages, he's slinging meth in the. Yes. Right. Yeah, and he just can't cope with that. I'll make him. A or Kel the butcher. It's probably like he's a like a murderer, murderer. A hitman. Yes. Like, you know, he grew up with this guy Kel the butcher. Yeah. And instead, he dealt with that by making this charming character yes. who was just a butcher, but yeah. called him Kel the butcher. This is like Big Fish, but gritty. <laughs> I'm That's not, how we'll pitch it. I'm not letting Tim Burton get his hands on this. Uh, all right. I oh, know we can for the right price. 
Oh, yeah. and I'm sure that Glenn would love to work with... Imagine if we got Johnny Depp in wigs playing Glenn Robbins and <laughs> all the characters. Johnny Depp is Glenn Robbins. <laughs> you have not seen Uncle Arthur until you've seen Johnny Depp do Uncle Arthur. Yes. For some reason, he sounds like Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's your old Uncle Arthur. He talks like a, junk, a drunk Russell Brand, basically. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Depp, isn't it? <laughs> Wonderful actor, though. Oh, um, man, I'd love to hang out with him. Uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, he shot to fame in 1988. So, how? So yeah, I, in nineteen I'm 14 years old. So, this yep. is like perfect. Uh, the Comedy Company, uh, in which one of his characters, Uncle Arthur, became very popular. Yeah. In 1991, he joined the team of Fast Forward for two seasons. Uh, Full Frontal, Jamoan, Something Stupid, The Panel... Uh, all Aussie Adventures, that's the big one that we miss. Russell Coit. Russell Coit in the head. Now, Russell Coit is a... <laughs> Russell Coit's your uh, Crocodile Hunter style, yeah. you know, Albie Mangles, Aussie yeah. Outback, you know, adventurer that he played. And always getting hurt. Always getting hurt. <laughs> like, really bad at his job. Terrible at his job. <laughs> oh, now, now, imagine with uh, your Mick... Gritty reboot, mm. and Matt, you know how there's always like you know how for Raiders of the Lost Art there was Quigley Down Under, right, right. So imagine, oh, there's always a a kind of knockoff movie. Yeah, imagine a Russell Coit Gritty reboot <laughs> to compete with the Mick Dundee reboot. All right, so we've got that. We've got all those adventures. We've got uh, Kaz and Kim. Uh, we've got Thank God You're Here. So we've got improvising. Oh, Glenn Robbins. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have to have the Ronnie Johns. Half hour. Oh, there you go. Uh, out of the question, the joy of sets. Upper middle bogan. Uh, so he was also in the movie Lantana in a serious role. He's very good too. He was in Mick Malloy's movie Boy Town about the. Uh, oh yes. Uh, the, the what was the boy band? Yep. Getting back together. Uh well, there you go. That's that's your that's your Glenn Robbins. That's all the Glenn Robbins you need in your head. Well, you you definitely have the upper middle bogan. Glenn with the with the glass eye, mm. <laughs> driving the big uh, the cars. It was uh, it was a very entertaining. It was fun to hang out with him. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's very cool. And Dave O'Neill is uh, he's just I don't, I don't know he's he's so approachable for someone that if you look at his resume is quite daunting. You know, he's made a few movies. He's he's did breakfast radio for what about fourteen years yeah, or something. That's right. Uh, you know, he's still a he's still a very funny stand up. He has not lost anything that is like he's probably. I saw him do actually a show, Dave O'Neill, uh, AFL Grand Final Day. People would have heard that uh, Charlie and I uh, went to the oh Charlie, oh. Charlie and I uh, went to the AFL Grand Final together, yep. and uh, we started at a breakfast at my club, the Bulldogs. They do a big breakfast and they have like you know a footy panel on the day, and they have a stand up comedian do a set. And I've done that show before. And it's fucking horrendous. Oh, it's It's hard. a room full of people on like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. They're all going to a football game. Half the room is one team. The other half is the other team. They don't tell They you. don't care that you're there. They, they don't tell you that before the gig either. No. Like, because I did the Port Power one and that no one had told, I thought it'd be, you know, all Adelaide people, but it was people whose team was in the grand final had bought tickets through that club. So it was basically the, Kilda and Geelong. The way that it works is the clubs get an allocation of tickets that mm. they have to the grand final. Mm. And what they do instead of giving those tickets away is they sell these corporate packages so basically they charge you like you know three thousand dollars or whatever yeah for like your grand final ticket which costs them nothing yeah and you know like an egg and a couple of beers yes and a footy panel yeah and, and a, a comedian, comedian right <laughs> that you and that's your three thousand dollars yeah. and no one's there for any of that shit apart from the grand final ticket yeah but they're not allowed to just say hey give us three thousand dollars and we'll give you a grand final ticket uh, they're just not allowed they're not allowed to no but that's all everyone wants yeah no one wants the fucking egg no no one wants the footy panel they definitely don't and want you know the comedian what? no one wants the comedian no one that's that would be the fucking first thing to go if yeah. we were listing the things no one wants to hear stand up at fucking nine o'clock in the morning. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do it at nine o'clock in the morning. No, you do it for the money, right? And grand final tickets, right? And the egg. <laughs> I don't want to buy. I mean, I have the egg. I might as well have the egg. Are you there? Saying I'm there. Have your two beers. So <laughs> here's here's the thing that I did learn this year: being in the audience and not being the performer, you can get a lot more than two beers in. Right. It turns out when you don't, when you, you don't have to work. Great. But Dave O'Neill was the comedian uh, this morning and he he was like, oh, 
I'm like, he was upset that I was there. You, it's always worse if a con, you know a contemporary is there, right? Because, but the funny thing is, I know how hard it is. Yeah, I wasn't going to judge him. No, but he's like, you know, you don't want to like die in front of. You don't want to die in front of mates, right? It's 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 horrendous. You don't want to you don't want to be embarrassed, and you also don't want them to be in a situation where they're trying to think what they can say. And so I need to point <laughs> out that. I wasn't going to be judgmental. I've never done one of those gigs, and I've done a bunch of them, Mm. that has ever gone what I would call well. Mm -hmm. I've done all of them that they've never asked for their money back. Yep. And I've, like, you know, done most of them in a way that I thought I did the best that I could do in that situation. But I have never done one of them well because I believe that they are impossible to do well. Right. All you can, the best you can hope for is to survive. Right. So here's what I'm now about to say to you. Oh, Lord. Dave O'Neill fucking killed. Did he really? He killed, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, killed in a, like as much as you could kill ever in that room. Right. Like, not one person started a conversation. Yeah. Not one person. Even the guys right up the back didn't start talking to each other. Yeah. Like, not whispering. Yeah. He was getting solid laughs right through it. I was fucking impressed. Yeah. Because at the start, I was selling my laugh. I wasn't yeah. laughing at anything that wasn't funny. No. But I, if I was laughing, I was letting people know that I was laughing. Yeah. I was, wanted to be seen to be... You know, visibly enjoying, you know, someone else that does my job doing their job. Right? Good audience. Right? That's what you're trying to be. But, like, I didn't need to. No. People were there, man. It yeah. was fucking great. That's... I seriously was like, I, I sat there going, I could not do this. Yeah. Like, you are doing something that I don't have the act or the skills or the presence or the, or the broad appeal. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he had jokes that spoke to everybody in that room. He's and so all good. I do is have jokes that I can't do in that room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out all the things that you're not interested in that could help you in that scenario are not at your disposal. Yeah, I, and, I don't have them. He's, he's a gun. Like, I, yeah. you know, he runs that show in... Uh, uh, Fairfield that is a delight to do and it's always packed and he gets up with uh, no material because they're always seeing him and he's just riffing and he plays the organ because remember he's in a band. Right. <laughs> and he plays the organ. Yeah, he just plays it like just throws out a little bit of 80s wah, 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 wah <laughs> between acts. It's so delightful. That's how, that's what I would like to be as I get older. I would like. I what would, do you mean? I, I would. Uh, I would. Uh, this is interesting to me because I, I often, I kind of like I have these moments where I flash forward twenty years. Right. I am fascinated by um, the idea of you know where you see yourself in ten years, where you see yourself in twenty years, where you see yourself in thirty years, and I've had, I've been thinking about this a little recently. I'm not worried about forty, but I turn forty in uh, January. Yeah, and, it is a uh, it is a time for. Having to think about things, right? Reflection, yeah, and partly because I decided because um, I'm going back to America to work, mm-hmm. and um, I'll be at the All Things Comedy uh, Show at uh, Largo on the 20th of November. So anyone listening in LA, Bill Burr's on. It's going to be a, a oh cool. Dave Anthony's on. It's a, it'll Great. be a really good show. And Largo is such an amazing venue. So if you're listening in that part of the world, come out and see that show. And then I'm doing set list on the 23rd in Santa Barbara. So if there's anyone in uh, Santa Barbara who wants to come and see me uh, make up as set, I'm doing that show. But mm. because I'm moving back and I'm trying to find a place to live and that sort of thing, I uh, I decided. Uh, someone said, "Will you come back for your birthday?" I hadn't even thought about it. I was like, oh, no, I'll just come back like in uh, March and, and do, you know, Adelaide Fringe and, and tour for a couple of months. But until then, I'll stay over there. Mm. And they were like, you, you're 40. You should come back and like see your family and have like a party or something. And you know what I'm like? I'm not a party person. I'm mm. not really a big birthday celebrator at all, to be honest. Mm. But there was just another part of me that was like, oh, yeah, all right. Mm. Like, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm, you know, I'm, uh, next year I'm having a year, like we were just talking about this in the cab, where I, for 20 years I've been working towards getting to what I'm about to do next year, which is have a year where I'm just able to dedicate myself to nothing but stand-up comedy. Yeah. Like it's my reward to myself. For the last 20 years, all I've wanted to do was get to a point where I could just do stand-up comedy. Yeah. And finally, I've got to that point. And... So I think that something in my mind's changed a little bit about, I was like, yeah, okay. Well, you know what you're also doing? You're turning 40 in the year that you're getting to do the thing that, yeah. like by the, to- by the time you turn 40, you set yourself at aim and you are doing that thing. Yeah. So you know what you should do? 
Fucking have a birthday party. You should have a birthday Celebrate party. Celebrate with your mates and like actually acknowledge the fact that, you know. You got there. It got, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And, you know, big day outs on in Australia at the time and Arcade Fire playing and yep. Pearl Jam are playing and Blur are playing and Snoop's on. I'm like, my God, did I program this festival? <laughs> <laughs> so Triple I thought, J you did. <laughs> I thought I'd come back and like, you know, do a week in Australia. And that just, but then you started to think about, okay, so now I'm 40. I thought about what I was going to be like at 40 and where my life was going to be. When I first went to America, you know, uh, three, four years ago, I said, by the time I'm 40, I'll make a decision about whether, you know, I set myself those three years and I said, if by 40 I feel like there's a reason to keep going back, I'll go back. But if I don't, I'll go back to Australia and, you know. Work it out. And I've had a few, as you know, and I won't talk about the details of them, but... I've had a few job offers in the last few weeks yeah. that were pretty big things. And and hilarious. And also hilarious. And it really made me do that thing of going, wow, I'm turning down like more money than I've ever like earned in my life yeah. to to go off and kind of pursue this yeah. you know, ridiculous dream. The job he was offered was to coach the Australian cricket team. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I said, firstly, we've got to get Glenn Robbins <laughs> dressed as Batman. <laughs> Like this guy's crazy. Yeah, but you were fitting right in with the 2020 crowd. <laughs> they don't even have real people as managers. Strawny. <laughs> Strawny's not real, and he's a manager. What the fuck is going on? I'd like to announce that I'm leaving the lucrative world of podcasting to become coach of the Australian <laughs> cricket team. team. Oh, be Do great. you know what? The current coach of the Australian cricket team has grabbed my nuts. In a pub, really? So you know what? I'm not actually that far away from. You're not that far off being at least an assistant, right? Yeah, I saw the current coach of the Australian cricket team on a plane about two weeks before he got that job, right? And uh, he's an absolute top top bloke. But uh, anyway, (laughs) that's that's probably not the discussion for now. My (laughs) my point was this: that I realised this is one of those moments in my life that will define not only who I am now, yeah, but it defines very much who I am at fifty. And yeah. who I am at 60. Because if I'd taken those jobs and if those jobs had worked out, suddenly five, ten years from now, I'm in a very different place in my world and my life to where I am now. Yeah. You know, you really get that sense of, oh, my God, like I've made a big decision. So suddenly the you in 50 years, you know, the photo changes. Yeah. You know, suddenly you're a completely different person because of that, you know, choice that you made. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by... Do you think forward at like what Justin is at 50 or what Justin is at 60 or what Justin like at 70? Do you think about that? Oh, yeah, constantly. Constantly. It's it's interesting. It kind of took about 12 months, uh, but there was definitely a shift of from 40 to 41. What do you mean? Like, well, I'm like, I don't know if you would say this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lot calmer. I'm a lot calmer in general about things. Uh, oh, no, I think you are. I mean, yeah. you had a period of time where... Oh, I was more mania than man. <laughs> yeah. And it was like years. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, it was a period, like because I've yeah. known you for a long time. Yeah. But it lasted at least over a couple of years, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, without a doubt. And it was... And that's not, not to say that that's what you were like all the time or whatever. No. It was just kind of the prevailing message that bobbed along in the background. Yeah. Sometimes you wouldn't even... Like, you wouldn't even see it. But sometimes you'd be like, oh, it's this again. Oh, it's yeah. this same thing again. Here comes the mania. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, that time that You I- went through a big period of quitting things. Oh. Was- and making public statements about quitting oh, things. Oh, just... Yeah, it felt good. <laughs> that you're, that's your personality trait, though. You're not like a person yeah. who can just go... <laughs> <laughs> you, I need, I need like, to blur I'm it. never doing this again. <laughs> yes. It is. You are one of those, I say good day to you, sir. <laughs> I, yes. And then I come back in and I say, has anyone seen where I put my iPod? <laughs> oh, sorry. I had it in before because we were listening to music. It's off, like but... your thing of smashing printers. Like that's oh, what you're like. Your yeah. smashing printers is a metaphor for yeah. what you went through in that period of life, yeah. which was if something didn't work, yeah. you decided that you would fucking smash it. Yes. Instead of going, maybe we could fix this. No. Or maybe I could get a new one. I was... No, I can't move on unless I smash this. I was Michael Caine in the Dark Knight. I would burn down the forest. <laughs> That was your, yeah, you just wanted to see printers smash. I did. (laughs) I like to think it was a bit more like, it was a, I think it was a Michael Douglas falling down thing. Yeah. Like it just felt like you got to a point where you were frustrated about where you were at. Yeah. And then the process of working through that 
just takes a while. It does, yeah. And, and then I feels like you've come out the other side of that. Yeah, definitely. In a productive and healthy and, you know, maybe in the future a very positive way for, you know, like it, you might find that this year and next year, like you say about being calm, yeah. maybe you needed to go through that other shit to, to get to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you, you have to do some backburning <laughs> and uh, uh, clear some area so you can start rebuilding. Yeah, uh, literally, uh, Justin had to burn down a couple of people's houses. It was awkward. <laughs> Destroying and evidence. The, well, they would have been onto me. <laughs> you did it, though, on December 28th. That was the day to do uh, it. That was a great day to do it. It's like the purge. <laughs> it's like the purge. It was my own personal purge. Nothing personal. Yeah. The uh... <laughs> my own personal purge. Nothing personal. <laughs> That's. A, I'm going to make that into t-shirts. <laughs> Maybe that... that'll be the plot of Purge Two. Purgia. <laughs> We're already onto a sequel. <laughs> Purge two, even purgier than before. <laughs> now in new purginess. Oh my lord! Yeah, I like quite like the purginess. Yeah, <laughs> new in purged. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like every decision I made from uh, that time we were in LA has yes. started to. So this is like fruit. So let's talk about that then. Let's right. you know, let's talk about where you were at at that point in your life. And what happened and what happened since then? Oh, okay. Well, I would say uh, that I went into a bit of a head spin from the moment our friend Neria died and uh, Richard Marsland committed suicide. It was a pretty full-on time in all of our lives. Full-on. We had a a very close friend of ours to varying degrees and varying relationships and whatever, but a person who was very much part of... Our like you and I as friends, our yeah. close social group, yeah, um, and was a very, very inc- incredibly lovely person. You yeah, know, just I mean, it seems like a cliche to say about s- someone who dies early because everyone who fucking dies early gets a pretty good write up, right? Yeah, but this was like, nah, she was one of the absolute crackers. Yeah, yeah, just a just a just delight, a, just a just a good person, just as a well. genuinely good. good person, you know. Uh, and so, kind and of- and Richard Marsland, I want to talk about both these. I mean, yes. I know this seems a bit serious, but no. I, we'll get to funny stuff out of this. But oh, you know, we'll find what, something. Come on, you had fucking Batsman and Robbins. Yeah, we're, we're, what else do you want for the we're, podcast? We're being Glenn Maxwell Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> we're just bringing it down to a little Lantana moment. Well, look, this is our seven-minute track on the CD, right? This is where you get to some atmospherics. Come on, guys, and then we'll bring it back home with some rock and track. Richard Marsland. Uh, was a comedy writer mm. and uh, stand-up comedian, and started off in uh, my hometown of Adelaide. Yep, and then moved to Melbourne. And uh, he wrote for me over the years. I did a TV mm. show on the ABC called The Glass House, and he was one of uh, by far the funniest writers who ever worked on that show. And he was just a genuinely delightful person. And they still every year have an event uh, during April uh, called Capril. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I do tweet about it. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll have seen me t- tweet about Capril and. Uh, it's a great cause, and they do Capril just in honour of uh, honour of Richard and uh, to raise awareness of uh, mental health issues and uh, to encourage people if they are in those situations yes. to to seek the help that we need because the world is not better off without Richard Mars. Without a doubt, and also uh, if you would like to get an idea of what he was like, uh, you can listen to him on the Get This podcast with Tony Martin and Ed Cavalier. One of, the, if not the greatest radio show ever in Australia. Yeah, exactly. Like just an absolute and the, so and- funny. He's like he, he's just a brilliantly, brilliantly funny man that was beloved by all and yeah. had a period in his life where he did not know that. Didn't I know. remember the when I found out about it. I have a, such a vivid memory of this. I was in the UK doing shows and um, I was doing um, – do you know who Clive Anderson is? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, very famous uh, English comedian, uh, always on sort of, you know, have I got news for you or QI or, yeah. you know, one of those guys you wouldn't – the old um, uh, Whose Line Is Who's It line Anyway? Is yeah, he was an amazing I host. mean, just a brilliant, brilliant, you know, funny guy and a guy that I grew up watching on television. So he has a live radio show at the uh, BBC and it's in a big studio and they have live music play and uh, they'll have like a – it's kind of almost like a podcast in some ways yeah. though where they'll get a bunch of different people in. 
and uh, you know someone will do stand up, but then you'll join the panel and they'll have a guest and they'll have you know and people are from different you know walks of life and then it's a discussion and people perform, but they you know also then we all kind of talk together. So I was on that doing stand up, which is so weird to an, an empty because you're in a studio, really. Yeah, right. But you know it's out onto the radio yeah. and then. Uh, and Julian Clary, who people will know, very famous the English comedian, was on the show that day. Uh, I don't know which of the two fat ladies, but the one that's still alive, right? Uh, out of the two fat ladies, yeah. And in case anyone thinks I'm who doesn't, uh, I'm not being offensive. That no, was the, that was the name of their that was TV the name, show. Yeah, they were TV cooks. They rode motorbikes around. They were called the two fat ladies. One of them is dead. Yes, it was the one who was not dead. Right, and that, that um, is good. So I was in a conversation, and and, oh, and a guy called Henry Blofeld, oh right, famous English cricket, yeah, yeah, wow, <laughs> it all comes back together, wow. So um, I was in a conversation uh, with uh, Julian Clary and the remaining of the two fat ladies uh, when I, um... <laughs> I know you're trying to be sincere, but that is a funny sentence. <laughs> Well, this is the point that I'm trying to make is how surreal this moment was. Yeah. Because we had just finished the show and we're in the green room afterwards and we're having a you know, a drink and you know eating some sandwiches and like I'm talking to, you know, Julian Clary who I grew up watching on the TV and like, you know, it's these are it's a f- fun environment. Yeah. You know. And then um I got a text from Lemo telling me uh, about Richard and I just you know, you're a million miles away from home and yeah. you, you, you don't even have the community to share it with. You know, you can't come back and tell stories and, yeah. you know, comfort each other and do those sort of things. I, I didn't, I don't pretend, I don't want to be one of those people who overstates their relationship to someone who's passed because oh, yeah. there's nothing worse than that. That's, uh, that's, that's one of my mum's fears. And I am, <laughs> is that, what do you mean? Well, like, well, on top of those fears would be that anything bad would happen to me. Like, let's right. just put that out there. Okay. But within the context of that is her, because mum is completely Peter Allen about it, you know, don't cry out loud. Right. So she would be very stoic and she would be getting furious at the people who didn't know me that well trying to make a bigger deal out right. of it. She has told me that before. <laughs> well, yeah. You'd have I- to stand next to Andrea and say, nah, she did, he did, he didn't. I <laughs> so I certainly don't want to overstate the relationship that I have with yeah. Richard because we we never um, went out alone to do anything. Yeah, right. He was a guy that I saw in social situations where there were other people around. Yeah, or in a work situation. But I always, you know, as everyone who met him did, thought he was delightful and lovely and enjoyed you know the time that that i spent with him but it was uh it was weird to be a long way away from home and all alone during that and weirdly enough i ended up doing i got asked i did not volunteer to do this but i got asked to do they wanted some people who to talk about his work and oh, because right. he'd written you know on the for glass, me, house. For the glass yeah. house i actually did a few of those interviews and stuff because back home there was people who just could not and i get that because they were in the middle yeah. You know, they're in the middle of it. Yeah. They didn't want to talk about, you know, him as a, but I was, you know, a long way away and while I felt like I missed out on being connected, you know, being part of the community, I felt like, well, there's something I can do. Yeah, yeah, if this definitely. Is, if this makes it easier even for anyone at home. Anyway, this is probably a pretty dark. <laughs> okay, but that's we're setting the context. Yeah. This is the gritty reboot of this is definitely we've got This is the prequel I mean, to my have, gritty reboot of my have, stumbling on the joke. We have joked a lot about gritty reboots, but this is <laughs> here, the first time this, here it comes, this kids. shit has got fucking serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you're having a struggle in your life, call Lifeline. Uh, yeah, that's a really good idea, that actually. A good idea. That's a really good yeah. idea. Yeah. And uh, also, just don't be afraid to talk to people because regardless of, uh, uh, you know, you think that you're bothering someone, uh, everyone's got someone that they can, you know, right. we'll have a listen. And also, the other thing is, we're all fucked up. Oh, we're all we fucked. We are all fucked up. Yeah. Like, the, the thing that sometimes you're like, you feel like I'm like I'm terrible and I'm fucked up, but everyone else has got their shit together. Yeah. Here's what I fucking know. Yeah. No one's got their shit together. No. The people who you think have their shit together, they're the most fucked up ones. They're the ones that will shock you. <laughs> right. It's the ones who are actually asking the question, if you think the world is a terrible place, yeah. you're just paying attention. Yeah, yeah, Well yeah. done. Yeah. Now we have to fucking find a way to deal with that and keep going. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. cool. We're all in this together. I'm starting a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm making the Kool-Aid. <laughs> 
look for the bat signal in the sky. <laughs> when you drink it, you just turn it. It turns out it's just really tasty. <laughs> so, well, I think that we had to talk about that properly so that we could set a context for where you are in your oh, life. Because yeah, it, it, it would be insincere yes. for me to ask where were you at and have talked about those things and then not mention some of the contributing factors to those things. Yeah, and it was uh, there was also Will Poskett, which was a which was a a, a sad uh, suicide as well. And uh, one of our one of our close friends uh, discovered he had a liver disease and would have to have a liver transplant. <laughs> yes. So th- this all, by the way, this all happened within about three months. Yeah. So it felt like uh, one of those blows you could probably take, but uh, after a while, you were pretty punch drunk by the yep. end of it. So, uh, but I'm not really one to, I'm pretty good at talking to people about their stuff, but I felt like I had uh, gotten to a point uh, around that period, I just kind of clammed up. Right. I kind of will talk quite well about things, but then those kinds of things, no, I'll just deal with it by myself. That was, it was just after Nerea's death. But it wasn't just that. It was like, you were happy to take on other people's shit. Oh, yeah. But you wouldn't share any of your own. No. You're like, let me help you out by taking on yours. Yeah. But I won't actually give you anything in return. So now you've just got fucking more on your shoulders. Yeah. And I think eventually that's got to burst out in some way. Yeah, that broke me. Right. <laughs> that definitely broke me. Right. And well, the, the, the only good thing that came out of that was when I when I blew $700 in gold class by myself watching The Dark Knight at 4pm on a Thursday. <laughs> I was meant to go into a, uh, a Triple M meeting and my head just went, nah, I'm not doing it. I sent Charlie Pickering a text message saying I'm not coming in. I turned up and I said, uh, when's the next session of The Dark Knight? I said, it's on... Uh, soon i said uh, all right i'll go in they said you're the only person in there i said that'll be perfect and went through two bottles of moe a lot of snacks <laughs> changed seats halfway through when the guy came in and went hi i'm over here you can see me i would have loved if he'd come in and you would have had like one of those beer hats you know where they put the beer in each side <laughs> with the but they're just full of moe chandon yeah. with two straws <laughs> down in your mouth watching the dark night <laughs> yes he walks in i say do you have a napkin because right. <laughs> i'm quite proper <laughs> And you he, got two b- bottles of Fernie Branca. Yeah. Oh, well done. <laughs> well played. And then uh, when I left, the uh, the three people that worked there gave me a round of applause <laughs> as I stumbled into the day. You into the day. That. Not the dark. No, into the day. Into it, was, the day. it was only 4pm when I got out. Yeah. You were uh, born in the darkness. Though. <laughs> yeah, I was. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So anyway, anyway, so I just went through uh, a little bit of shit, which uh, and 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 then I felt a little bit injured by someone, which is not worthwhile going into because no, I'm because no, I'm also actually uh, fine about it now, yeah. like genuinely fine too. Uh, proper use of the word genuinely. <laughs> Who knows what the kids think it means these days? Uh, so it, yeah, it kind of took a bit of time, but uh, just through a little bit of process of elimination, elimination of certain people and things like coffee. Yeah, I got rid of coffee. So that that's good. interesting, isn't it? Let's talk about that because you only discovered coffee oh. like late in life. How, was, how old were you when like, you first started drinking? I was coffee? Uh, thirty-five. Thirty-five years old. No, I reckon I was like no, I, no. I reckon I was thirty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I said no. Like, but the thing is, you went crazy because, like, you're like, what? oh my god, if I had my first coffee when I was thirty-seven, yeah, like coffee's like crack. Oh, it's unbelievable because you know what? I'd I'd had a taste before, but I'd had that right. that watered down, cut up stuff. Yeah, yeah. When so, you get the genuine shit, yeah. When you get the ninety-seven percent pure coffee, <laughs> the blue coffee, mate. You got to try this. <laughs> this is passed through an animal and been shat out. Yes, and I had it, and it was amazing. And but also, you you went for like you were drinking like you know short blacks and yeah, like, I just you, know, went- you were just drinking for hardcore fucking coffee. Like I have about eight coffees a day, but I drink like you know soy latte. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. You can get it milking a cow. I'd, oh, ironically. Wow, that's a um, good. I yeah, would. No, but, I would not back um, five doubles, and yeah. they would be. Uh, they'd come in from my cafe that I frequent, Mario's. Mario. It would come with Let's a little plug, saying yeah. that you're there every day. Well, here's a and little... they finally allow you to have soy milk in that place. Yeah, they that's came... how much I like you. That I kept going to Mario's despite the fact that they were still like, no, we don't have soy milk. We don't have soy milk. They got credit cards now too. Fuck, man. They're up to date. But they used to Next, put... they'll be twerking. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to those guys? Yeah. There used to be a cash machine in the corner. Yeah, and that and was it. And you weren't allowed to have soy milk. <laughs> weren't, weren't allowed. Anyway, they used to put a little uh, little shot of Sambuca in as well. <laughs> of my espressos. Oh my anyway, I couldn't work out why I was getting manic and wanting to smash stuff. 
Anyway, I cut it out. I've been pretty relaxed. Scene. <laughs> Princess of breathing a sigh of... Brought to you by the Australian Tea Board. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sam Neill starts doing adverts. <laughs> that was a disappointing moment for me when Sam Neill... Um, oh, the meat adverts? The, did the meat adverts. I find it really disappointing. I like well. Sam Neill. So do I. Like, uh, he's, a, he's a New Zealand actor, but we claim him as our own in Australia, as we want to do. Yeah. Uh, much like Russell Crowe. And, uh, not his band. Not his band. But we will claim the actor. Uh, do you want to talk about the Clooney Russell Crowe thing? Oh, do I? How funny is it? Like do it's do so you need funny. me to bring it up? The actual oh, yeah, thing? Well, if, you, if, you, if you want. But, uh, because, well, you tell what you can tell from memory and I'll just right. furnish with... Uh, so, I love George Clooney. <laughs> I think anyone who's ever <laughs> listened right. to this podcast knows Sorry. Uh, that I you love George Clooney. Look, it's... Uh, no, no. I mean, somebody might be listening for the first, first time. First time, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the, uh... <laughs> the... The ups and downs and the seriousness and the atmospherics of this podcast. Uh, and uh, I, I remember this from a few years ago when Russell Crowe uh, just had a crack at Harrison Ford, George Clooney and uh, Robert De Niro for doing adverts. Right. Which, I look, the, the, as, a, as a broad generalisation, I'll say to him... I don't give a fuck how people make money. Right. But as a broad generalisation, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, sure. But <coughs> with someone like Clooney, and I have a vested interest in him because I liked him when he was in Roseanne, so it was before anyone. Yeah, way uh, back. And uh, <laughs> But, like he, he make, like, he makes movies for, like, $12 million. Right. Like, really good movies. And, he, and so if he wants to have a lifestyle and he's going to get it from Nespresso, and I'm fine with that. Right, he flogs a coffee machine. He flogs a coffee. He takes him two days a year. He films that shit, and then he can go and work on some project that he likes. Yes. It depends what you do with the money. Yes. If you're doing it so that you can like put it up your nose like Charlie Shane, then fuck, make some judgments. But yes, Clooney actually, you know, he has a good time. Plus, he, you know, he has a string of girlfriends he needs to look after. He has a fucking satellite over a warlord's apartment. In I mean, that is true. He yeah, does like, also do that. I'm pretty certain, uh, Russ, Rusty, like he's. Beyond approach here with this, don't you think? Right. So anyway, so then, so then Clooney, who is hilarious, uh, heard about it and he said, "Yeah, no, nah, that's fair enough." And uh, Bobby, he calls Robert De Niro Bobby. Bobby uh, uh, Harrison and I uh, are going to get together our own band. And then he made a thirty odd foot of grunt kind of joke. <laughs> yes. And was charming and yes. hilarious. Yes. So then Rusty. Which I fucking oi, I fucking make my fucking music because I fucking believe in it. You can't. And uh, <laughs> direct quote. Yeah, direct quote. Paraphrase. Possible paraphrase. Possible paraphrase. Allegedly. <laughs> and he and he got furious, and so Clooney just wrote back to him and said, "Dude, just relax. You know the only people that get anything out of us fighting, People Magazine." So then Clooney, uh, then Rusty sent Clooney uh, a book of poetry and one of his CDs as a as a peace <laughs> offering. And I love it. That is absolutely, absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> I felt pretty confident that I was right across it. So I just want to read this last bit because he says, he really went after me. This is Clooney. And so I went, uh, so I sent him a note going, dude, the only people who succeed when two famous people are fighting is People Magazine, right? What the fuck is wrong with you? This is what he said. <laughs> That is just a great line by itself. Yes. It sums up. He's absolutely right. Yes. The only people who went out of that is People Magazine. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? But then I had a year. Then I had Siriana and Good Night and Good Luck. And he was going to see me at the Golden Globes because he was nominated for Cinderella Man. So he sends me a disc of his music. Awesome. And a thing of his poetry. <laughs> You know what I want to see? I want to see Clooney act that out. Right. Because that would be so good. And then I think he said, I was all misquoted. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I did take it with me to the BAFTAs, but I didn't win. I might have used it if I'd won. I was up for four. Is it I was the... nominated for four. Yeah, yeah. And Clooney's so funny that like this is how he's how cool he is that even when he's saying he's threatening that he would have done this, he still points out, I was nominated four times and didn't win. Yeah. You know what's you know the the story, the only story that's better than that from Clooney this week? What? DiCaprio. What do you mean? Do you not know no, this story? Know. Holy me. shit. So he's got beef with DiCaprio as well. What? Clooney and DiCap. Clooney and DiCap. What's what, what what what's the beef? It was over basketball. 
So Clooney, who's played since high school and can play a little bit, he says, "I'm not, I'm not brilliant, but I can play a little bit." And he was playing with his mates, and and then DiCaprio came up and kind of gave him a challenge. And then there was some guy that he didn't know who was one of DiCaprio's friends who came up and said, "Yeah, I played against you, and I kicked your ass." And Clooney was like, "The, the place he was talking about was like, I played there once, and I owned the court. Like he, that just didn't happen." Anyway, he Clooney and his mates are down one end getting ready, and they're looking up and. DiCaprio and his friends are doing like five man weaves to get ready and right. including his mate has just said, you know, we are going to thrash them and they beat them in three games, 11 zip, 11 zip, 11 zip. And Clooney said, you know, don't talk stuff if you can't back it up. I mean, for the record though, Leonardo DiCaprio does a lot of heroin before he plays basketball. Right. Because he has to get into his basketball diaries character. Yes. <laughs> so... He does a lot of heroin. That's that's method acting. Um, uh, methadone acting. <laughs> oh, right, sorry, this is awkward. Methadone acting, sorry. <laughs> Did you say method acting? Oh, no, I'm a methadone, methadone actor. actor. <laughs> Can I have 50 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Out fleeting. <laughs> Greg Fleet is Leonardo DiCaprio. In The Basketball Diaries. <laughs> Basketball Diaries 2, The Methadone Addict. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see Leonardo DiCaprio and George Clooney play basketball against each other because you know why? There's already people who are good at playing basketball. Yeah. I want to see them uh, do a, like, a having sex with hot young models competition. Oh. Because that is a competition. You know, like, if they had to just up the stakes, like a charming, not, they don't have to have sex, like, but they just get them in a room with some of the most beautiful women in the world and you yeah. just see how many, like, you know. DiCaprio would have the advantage with the younger ladies. Yeah. Clooney would have the advantage with all the women we actually love. Right. That's what I think too. Because the girls would line up to help Clooney's. Yeah. Don't you reckon? No, I think a year would I don't know him that well to call him Clooney's, by the way. (laughs) Georgie C. Look. Big Georgie C. I don't want want you to be weird, uh, Clooney's, but uh, I've watched you a lot. A lot. Like heaps. Got All right, we should, we should finish up. Uh, Justin Hamilton, where can people uh, find you? What what should they be looking out for? Sydney, you're at the Sydney Comedy Store oh, doing your uh, show? Yep, on uh, November the 29th. You November can get 29th. tickets for that through the Comedy Sydney Store. Comedy Store website. Uh, Great sh- place to see comedy if you've never seen it's comedy awesome. there. It is awesome. I won't do any of my stuff about uh, my friends killing themselves. No. Uh, there won't be a sad bit in the middle. <laughs> oh, there might be. I, 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 am, I am mad for that. I'm a, I'm a Woody Allen fan. Sometimes people need a sad bit in the middle. Oh, that's exactly how I spend most of my relationships. And the, uh, the shelf will be back on, so you can get tickets for that at thetoffintown.com. And a TV show. Oh yes, that's this exciting, is, yeah, isn't it? it is, this is, we've got to tell people about this because this, right. this is what we need the teabaggers to do. We need people mm. to get behind this. Now, this is particularly for Australian people uh, and people who have Foxtel, which is like cable TV in Australia. Yeah. But uh, you have a TV show. Well, yes. you have a like a. So to explain it's, to people what it is. Well, it's a it's a pilot, so yes. it's it's a one off, and if it goes well enough, then it will be turned into a series. Right. But uh, sometimes with pilots, they will look at them, and that's. That no one will see them, but uh, the Comedy Channel are actually putting it to air on uh, the 6th of December at 9pm. And it's a spin-off from my podcast, Can You Take This Photo, Please, where I essentially interview comedians. And so this is called Stand Up, Sit Down, and I'll interview two comedians at once. And I just thought I'd, uh, you know, with a pilot, I just thought I'd give my friends a bit of a boost, give them the old hammo uh, bump. You're a good fella. So that's Will the Anderson. The old hammo bump. The old hammo bump. <laughs> <laughs> used to be uh, used primarily on the dance floor, but uh, now I'm bringing it into TV. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, Will and Rove McManus. Yeah. So any, for anyone who's listened to Fofop, uh, Rove, myself, and Hamo, so that's a good. That's a very Fofop first episode of it your is. show. What's the show called? Stand up, sit down. Stand up, sit down, and uh, it's on at 9 p.m. on, on the, the 6th, 6th of, of December. December. Like seriously, because the thing about Foxtel is, uh, as opposed to normal ratings, is Anyone who's watching that show, they can tell. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all, you know, connected. Yeah. It's cable. So, even if you're not watching, but you're not going to be at home or whatever, just leave your TV on. Just leave it on. Leave it on the Comedy Channel. That'll help heaps. Help out Hamo. Yeah, that'll be good. And if it goes well enough, then you'll get to do it with heaps of other people. And then we'll we'll, we'll bring in all sorts of different comedians. We'll have different uh, lineups as well, like you and Rove would be back on it, but we'd uh, team you up with different people and... uh, you know, like the, the if it goes to series, then uh, I can make enough money to keep the free podcast going. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> which is that's uh, all we're all doing, people. I, I'm not even being sarcastic. No, uh, that is actually like, that's not even me throw, throwing something underhanded in. That's a fact. No. I love doing the podcasting. We, we love doing the podcasting. We yes. just need to find some way to pay for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, speaking of trying to pay for the podcast, uh, we are going to have another run of T-shirts. Um, James Fosdyke is under design. It's Ramona. Uh, the uh, So it's a T-shirt with Ramona on it uh, with the slogan, World's Worst Co-Host. <laughs> and uh, they will be available the day before Thanksgiving, which I believe might be the Wednesday the 25th or something. Anyway, something like that. You can do some research. Yeah. It's called Black Wednesday uh, in America. Go to the Astoy uh, merchandise website. Uh, there's only going to be 100 T-shirts, so you got to get in quick. But Angelo's done a bunch of other cool stuff to go with them. And speaking of America, I am, uh, as I said, at the All Things Comedy Show at Largo on uh, the 20th of November with Dave Anthony and uh, Bill Burr. And I am at uh, doing a set list in Santa Barbara on the 23rd. And I'll put all that stuff on Twitter and Facebook as well as lots of stuff about Glenn Robbins. 